everybody welcome back to q-tips we are the video store junkies and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming and we're going to get right into this and i'm going to send this over to paul oh why thank you renee so my my theme this week is films that have a perfect companion film but i can't recommend them because they're not streaming anywhere <laughs> and so my first film up is Hamburger, the motion picture from 1986, <laughs> playing on YouTube, because that's the only place you're going to find it. Okay, this is a trashy, lowbrow, um, uh, basically police academy type ripoff. Uh, so Russell has been expelled from multiple colleges for basically uh, being oversexed, and he has to graduate from college by like that spring otherwise he doesn't get his, his inheritance so he finds out that hamburger universe well it's not hamburger university it's i think it's like uh what's it called uh bunk university or something it's buster burger university that's it is uh is is he can go and, and graduate from there and it's basically like the version of mcdonald's university it's for people who are going to run buster burger franchises and it's got the the Russell is played by Leah McCloskey, who uh, you may know from from Argento's Inferno, but otherwise he's been in like you know basically a lot of uh, '80s uh, sitcom you know one off roles. It has Dit Butkus in it Ooh. as the essentially drill sergeant, um, Randy Brooks who as the 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 wife of trophy wife of the head of the buster burger and R randy brooks you would recognize her she is known for playing basically big titty dud blondes hmm. and but she does them really well uh charles tyner plays lyman funk who's the head of the thing you would reckon again these these character actors you'd recognize it's got the great chuck mccann who i have a, a affection for because he was in far out space nuts um it, it is trashy it is it is racist it is sexist it is lowbrow but it is actually also really funny at times i mean it's i i, I i'm sorry i i uh this is this is one of those i guess you called a guilty pleasure um so it's hamburger the motion picture and so what's its what's its companion piece that i can't recommend because it's not showing and actually i haven't seen this one either which is hot dog the movie <laughs> so hamburger the motion picture was uh directed by mike marvin in uh 1986 but in 1983 mike marvin wrote hot dog the movie which was a skiing sex comedy starring david naughton so yeah it's um but i can't recommend it because i haven't actually ever seen it it's not streaming anywhere so that's the companion piece but hamburger the motion picture on playing on youtube and speaking of hamburgers and 80s sex comedy things there's not a whole lot of sex in there's just a little bit um i'll pass this to uh bill why thank you thank you paul <clears throat> well my theme for today is english movies from 1973 50 years old you know when i'm not perusing amazon.com seeing how my recently published book realm is doing and since you asked it's gone from being number 2,100,000 in books all the way to 158,000 I'm no math whiz, but at that momentum, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be a best-selling New York Times writer by mid-next week. But I'm not doing that, uh, you know, making cheap plugs. 
I love to watch old British yeah, <laughs> British movies from the 70s. So these movies are 50 years old, which means I am even older because I remember the ad for this one. It's The Creeping Flesh, which is a great title. Oh, yeah. yeah. But check out this chestnut of a plot. Peter Cushing, yay! Peter Cushing is an archaeologist who digs up a skeleton, some weird creature that is simultaneously really, really old and advanced. So there's that. And um, he takes it back. His brother is Christopher Lee. I don't know if they've ever played siblings before. And he runs an insane asylum where Peter Cushing's wife recently died. And There's all kinds of family drama there. But who cares? Because it turns out that if you get the skeleton wet, starts growing flesh Mm. yeah and peter cushing who is a master of saying absolute claptrap and making it sound convincing he he is firing on all cylinders for this movie because uh yeah so apparently this is some sort of ancient almost lovecraftian uh elder gods or or something that cause all kinds of kinds of trouble and somehow he gets it in his idea that this is like a personification of evil and if you've got an evil skeleton that, when it gets wet, turns into evil, creepy flesh, you do the obvious thing, which is say, wow, if I could take some, you know, if I could maybe cut off a finger and get it wet and have a, you know, finger there of flesh, I could put it into a hypodermic needle and inject it into my daughter, <laughs> which will inoculate her against the evil that apparently consumed her mother. I don't think I'm giving anything away here when I tell you things go wrong. But it's kind of hard to imagine how things couldn't go wrong with an idea that bad. I love Peter Cushing, but really, wow. Um, and and uh, then Christopher Lee steals the skeleton for some reason, and they go taking it away on a rickety uh, horse-drawn carriage on a rainy night. Do you know where this is going? So Fleshy McFlesherson shows up and steals a finger back. And then it's got a really ambiguous ending, like it was all a dream. Or was it? You know, I don't know. Probably, but maybe not. Um, Yeah, so this is, so 1973 is just the year where everything changed. You're still getting gothic horrors like The Creeping Flesh, though they're getting a little long in the tooth and you can see the production values have gone down, but they're still great stuff. But by the end of the year, come December... The Exorcist comes out, and that was the nail in the coffin. You know, everything changed. 73 is a fascinating year. Everything from terrible dreck like God Monster of Indian Flats and Blackenstein (laughs) to interesting, cool things like Creeping Flesh and Psychomania, things that have still kind of a cult film, to Exorcist, which was just, you know, arguably Exorcist and Night of the Living Dead a few years earlier, the birth of modern horror and the death of the old, you know, the silver age of of horror films oh this is on hold on let me check here creeping flesh is one of those ones that tends to show up on a lot of stuff um it's on prime directed by freddie francis who was a better cinematographer than director but he wasn't bad as a director either and certainly it looks good so peter cushing christopher lee can't go wrong there and and i will send this over to someone who never makes anyone's flesh creep and that would be renee well thank you very much um my first recommendation is a thought-provoking and suspenseful thriller it is the arbors so this it's 
it's a very interesting movie. It's got a very it's very atmospheric, I would say. It's kind of a slow burn, but it really is a bit suspenseful if you kind of get caught up in the story. Not perfect, but you know, it it was it was really not bad. <laughs> so, um yeah, it was kind of a um mind bender type movie uh gave you a lot to really kind of think about and reflect on after you get done watching it and uh very mysterious bit of a whodunit situation so yeah that's my first recommendation it is called the arbors and you can watch that on amazon prime paramount plus and tubi and a few other places and i will pass this over to zach Thank you so much, Renee. Um, you know, if there's one thing people know about me, uh, I think it's that they know I love to laugh. <laughs> I, love, I love a, a good laugh. <laughs> exactly. Um, and if they know that, if they know, if they know two things about me, uh, they know that uh, I absolutely hate sitcoms because uh, most sitcoms do not make me laugh. They they do the opposite. They make me just just angry at the 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 insulting thought that. Uh, such pedestrian writing is is supposed to make me laugh. Um, however, I, I'm going to talk about a sitcom today that uh, most people are probably familiar with, but you know, maybe you haven't uh, you haven't actually sat down and watched an episode in a while, or uh, maybe you're familiar with it but you've never actually seen it. Uh, maybe now's a good chance. Um, let me just uh, let me just uh, reel off four names here and. Uh, and and you know I think these are probably some of the the four four greatest names in comedy, uh, possibly ever. I got uh, Rue McClanahan, I got Estelle Getty, I got B. Arthur, and of course wow. I have the nearly nearly immortal Betty White. Uh, yes, that's right. I'm talking about the classic TV show, The Golden Palace. No, I'm just kidding. I'm talking about The Golden Girls. Uh, this is a show. Uh, you know, okay. Yeah, I hate I hate sitcoms. Uh, especially like 80s sitcoms. I hate anything with a laugh track. Uh, this is one of those shows that whenever it's on, I can't help but stop. I can't help but, but stop myself from laughing. It's, it's, I don't know. There, it's, it, it's, it's legitimately funny. Um, obviously these, these four women, uh, just comedic geniuses, uh, lots of other like guest stars and, and reappearing st- uh, roles on the show, but they're obviously the core of the show. And they're just so good. I mean, this is not a show. This is also I should mention like this is a show that for a long time I was, you know, I was definitely aware of it, its existence, mm-hmm. but uh it was it was not until I was well into adulthood that I actually like sat down and watched the episode and I was just blown away by how funny it was. So, uh that is my first recommendation. That's right. I'm recommending The Golden Girls. You've got <laughs> seven seven seasons of laughter and it's all on Hulu uh right now. You can go watch it, you can go enjoy it. Um yeah, it's it's just a good time. And uh, speaking of good times, uh, I'm going to pass it over to a man who knows all about having a good time in his golden years. Paul, uh, what's your second pick this week? <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say, speaking of old short Sicilians. That's a, <laughs> that too. You know, that too. There you <laughs> that go. Too. Well, my second pick this week is, again, one that has a perfect pairing that is not available. And this is... Fosse Verdon, playing on H on HBO on Hulu, playing on Hulu. It's an eight-part miniseries about Bob Fosse and um, I was just saying Jackie Vernon. <laughs> Sorry, that would be a great, that would be a great documentary. Fosse Vernon. It's Fosse Verdon because it's Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. And, and 
it's based on the book Fosse by by Stephen Levinson, but the 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 creators, well, Tom Thomas Kale, who's the creator, uh, after reading the book, realized, well, this is as much Gwen Verdon's story as as it is Bob Fosse. Uh, they definitely had a interesting relationship. Um, and uh, as their daughter said, if you take out the marital infidelity, they were the two most devoted people you'll ever meet. And uh, Sam Rockwell plays Bob Fosse, and Michelle Williams plays Gwen Verdon. Oh, wow. and she does, especially yeah. She and she kind of gets the voice pretty well. Um, and it it follows primarily that portion of their relationship. So from the '60s through the '80s. And uh, it's interesting because it does have, and I know we have some fa- some some of our group here are not fans of musicals, it, but it does have some musical segments and even some like surreal little bits that feel that are kind of intentionally stagey. But it's used to kind of illustrate what's going on, and it's they're fairly short and truncated representations of musical of of either the music from musicals that that they did together or uh dance routines so it's uh if even if you have a low tolerance for musicals it's it's really well worth worth watching i highly recommend it uh not exactly a happy story i mean uh but really an interesting one and i really recommend if you can which it's not streaming anywhere watching all that jazz which was bob fossey's basically version of his own story um, and in it, he has Roy Scheider playing Joe Gideon, who is a not very thinly disguised version of him. Uh, and what's really interesting is the, the, his, his lover slash girlfriend in the movie it, it is played by Anne Rankin, who's, who was actually Bob Fosse's real life lover and girlfriend prior to doing all the jazz. I think they had broken up and he actually made her audition for basically her own role in the movie. Um, and it is re- that one's it is absolutely fantastic it there's a lot of music in that um and some amazing dance numbers but it's it's essentially an autobiography of bob fossey he even choreographs his own death and it is the most um, yeah. the, the the ending sequence of that movie is absolutely amazing it will blow you away it is fantastic um you know fossey verdon goes to his actual death so he didn't have a chance to choreograph that. But let me tell you, the circumstances of his death were it was it 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 played in very nicely for the story. I mean, it's like uh, he no 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 spoilers, I guess. Uh, but he he basically since he's been dead a long time, he and and Gwen Verdon had were doing a revival of their show uh, Sweet Charity. And they were taking it on the road, and it was opening night in D.C., and she's walking him from, they're walking together from the hotel to the to opening night of the theater, and he collapses and dies in her arms of a heart, wow. of a heart attack in real life. Yeah, um, and uh, again, Gwen, Ver, Fosse Verdon is, it's really fascinating, eight, eight episodes, really well done. Um, and actually in that, uh, much like Gwen, much like Gwen Verdon and Bob Fosse met on a production, uh, Michelle Williams and Thomas Kale, who's the creator met and got together on this production. So, uh, time will tell if, whether he will die in Michelle Williams arms or not, but I don't know. So so again, that's that's Fosse Verdon. It was originally on FX. Now it's on Hulu. And speaking of dying in, in my arms, 
I pass this to Bill. Ooh, wow. Boy, I, I second everything, and I'm not a big dance musical fan and everything, but Fossey was one of those rare geniuses that only comes around once in a long time. And Gwen Verdon was <clears throat> the absolute perfect muse to fill in that role. I mean, they're both so good, and I wish they'd been able to do more. Um, and I loved all that jazz. I absolutely loved that film. The woman who plays the thinly disguised uh, Gwen Verdon character is Leland Palmer, who did almost nothing else. And yet she's fantastic in it, as is everyone in that film. Just, just a ugh, good I, stuff. I, I would also, I had to do a double take when I saw that name. Which one? Oh, Leland <laughs> yeah. Palmer. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a Twin Peaks fan. I know. How yeah. I, you know what I'm talking about. I, I have no idea what that's all about. <clears throat> so I just got back from um, just got back from RavenCon over the weekend, which was a, a big success. And we had the, the launch party of, of my book, Realm, available at Amazon.com. And I bring that up. Hey, Bill, yeah? how, do you, how do you spell that? Oh, that's, that's spelled um, R-A-U-M. R-A-U-M. And you can find that on Amazon? You can Amazon? find that at Amazon.com, which I am led to believe is a large warehouse full of books, including my book, Raum, R-A-U-M. Yes. Uh, or you could just do a search for Bill Mulligan, and from the many book that you will see listed under my name, you can choose Raum. And uh, that would be the wise, that would probably be the wise one to do. And I just bring this up because, of course I do. Anyway, absolutely apropos of nothing. No, we did, we did a panel there on 50 years, movies from 50 years ago, and that's where we got The Creeping Flesh. And this next one, which is kind of obscure, although I know Paul's going to be like, yes! And, and I was a little surprised that he hasn't already listed because this just seems like a, a, one of those films that either Paul or Bill are jumping at the thing to be the first one to, to say. And it's The Asphyx. Yes! Oh, yes! Oh, my God, yes. See? I mean, I haven't recommended that one yet. I, 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 I went through, I looked, I looked through our list. Oh, wow. And there's nothing, and you're like, the ass fix? What kind of gay-ass movie is I'll, that? No. I'll shut up, and I'll let it's, you, I'll let you, yes, I'll let you it's take like it. It's like asphyxiation. So, this is, <clears throat> this is a low-budget British horror movie, and when you say low-budget American horror movie, it basically looks like it was filmed on a camcorder, and it's got that punk rock vibe i mean it's really cheap looking and british films when they're low budget it's like uh, it's like running into someone who's still dressed in a suit and tie but it's a little shabby there's some patches it's kind of worn on it you know it's showing its cheapness but they're still putting on you know they got the stiff upper lip they're putting on a good show this this is the the quintessential movie whose reach exceeds its grasp by a lot. This is like a guy who has hooks for hands, but he's going to climb Everest. <laughs> eh, it's not going to end well. And it doesn't. But what an idea for a movie. So this is in Victorian England. These guys sort of futzing around with things they shouldn't mess with. Discover that at the point of death, there is a spirit, an asphyx, if you will, who comes and takes your soul. And if you catch this little bugger, you're immortal. Because everyone's got their own aspects. And if you can catch yours and stick them in a bottle and throw it in a safe or something, nothing that happens to you is going to kill you. But you got to catch them. And you got you to put out a trap for them. And what's the trap for a spirit that comes when you're about to die? <laughs> it's to make it so that you're about to die. You've got to set up a thing that you are you are really close to dying, but you got some out, and then when your asphyx shows up, they catch it with a couple of lights. Now, here's here's the problem. This is such a cool concept. Um, the asphyx 
Japan <laughs> puppet. And I mean, uh, well, I would say it's more of a rod. Uh, it's bill. it's it's a disaster. Kermit the Frog would be more uh, <laughs> yes. scary than than the ass fix that shows up. So this is one of those movies where you're like, hey guys, we're gonna remake, uh, you know, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna do another Spider Man origin movie. It's like, oh good, it's been two years. Why are they not making remaking this? Because here's a movie that really could stand being remade with some better special effects or any special effects, quite frankly. Yeah. But, oh, God, take that aside, put it away, just accept the fact they had they didn't have two dimes to rub together. This is such a great movie. And, and yes, yes, it is one of those movies where you have scientists who are simultaneously brilliant and complete idiots. So, like, if, if I got to design a way that I have to go to the brink of death but not actually die, one of the words <laughs> that will never cross my lips is guillotine. Because I don't need a big imagination to imagine how that could go wrong. In fact, I need a bigger imagination to imagine how it could possibly go right. And indeed, it does not. So you can see where this goes. And by the time this movie is over, you start, you'll start wondering, did the folks who saw Death Becomes Her watch this movie over and over and over again? Because there's some startling similarities there. But um, it's directed by Peter Newbrook, who... Did not direct very many movies, but he was a camera operator on Lawrence of Arabia and the Bridge Over the River Kwai. And also, I guess he learned a few tricks, although certainly not how to make an ass fix that doesn't make you want to giggle out loud. Uh, this this one also shows up on just about every... Here's 500 movies for a buck DVD, so I'm guessing it's fallen into the public domain, which could mean that we could make a remake of the ass fix. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, that's worth looking into. Because you could do this on a you could do this on a budget of nothing because they sure did. But anyway, I I highly recommend it. It is um, it also sometimes goes as Spirit of the Dead or the Horror of Death, which are uh, Spirit of the Dead is not a bad title. The Horror of Death is just like something a manatee would have come up with, just randomly punching buttons. Uh, what is it on? Where is it? Um, oh darn! Oh, it's on Canopy. It's on Canopy if you, if you can't find it on the public domain. I, I'm willing to bet. In fact, I'm almost 100% sure. In fact, I am 100% sure because I did it earlier today. You can also find the whole dang movie on YouTube in a fairly decent, decent copy. So there's the Asphyx, and I throw this over to the lovely and ageless Renette. Well, thank you very much. When Zach started talking about TV shows, I got a little nervous that we were going to have the same recommendation. We did not. But it's, but it's really, honestly, pretty darn close. This show is about family and identity and humanity. And it also happens to be a very cool supernatural show with a lot of horror elements, mm. much like the Golden Girls. Yes. This show is Hemlock Grove. Mm. I was waiting just in case Paul wanted to yell. Um, <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, I was actually, I was sitting back from the, the microphone. So, I, so, I, uh, so there, it's a belated yes. Yay. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like it. So these characters, the, well, I should say the actors, it, it has a baby Bill Skarsgård in it. And he was just mm. really good. I think it was the first time I ever saw him in anything. And it was, it was very impressive. Has a great cast. I can't think of any other people off the top of my head, but the one lady I'm seeing in my mind. Isn't Famke Jansen in it? He does, yes. 
If only I had a production <laughs> assistant that could look that up for me. I believe you're talking about uh, Lily Taylor. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. Yes, Lily Taylor. Thank you so much. So everybody, you know, pretty pretty great cast. Everybody's got everybody has pretty good chemistry. It's a fun story. It's uh, I just really I remember really enjoying it. I've only watched a couple of episodes recently, but I it pulled me in just as much as it did the first time I watched it. So yeah, that's my recommendation. It is Hemlock Grove, and impressively, you can watch that on Tubi. Ooh. And I'll pass this over to Zach. Thank you, Renee. Uh, so you know what? I think we're gonna we're gonna stick with the comedy genre this weekend because uh, you know sometimes you just gotta sit back and laugh. You just gotta take a whole weekend and enjoy yourself. And uh, unlike the the Golden Girls, which as hilarious and trend setting as it is, it is definitely an '80s sitcom. So we're gonna fast forward a little bit uh, to the weird, wild world of uh, the 2000s. And uh, I'm actually going to recommend this is this is a, uh, a kind of a collection. It's not really a series, but they're kind of all under uh, an umbrella because they all kind of sh- uh, they all kind of aired. Uh, I, I don't even I, I don't know that they were all produced by the same people or what, um, but they all aired on Adult Swim uh, over a certain period of time. And uh, well, they're on HBO Max. They're just called infomercials. Uh, so if you just look for for infomercials on HBO Max, you'll find them. Like I said, they're they're very loosely connected, um, but <laughs> this is where uh, the infamous uh, "Too Many Cooks" <laughs> and unedited footage of a bear aired. And I gotta say, if you if you're the like three people out there who haven't seen "Too Many Cooks," uh, don't start with that one because that will pretty much ruin everything else for you. Um, but they're all pretty hilarious. You got uh, the the first episode is "Broom Shakalaka," which uh, uh, features Randall Park. It's got uh, it's <laughs> it's basically <laughs> a new invention <laughs> you, called the broom shock. You do love to laugh, any, don't you? I I do. I do. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cracking me up. Um, but yeah, you've got you actually got uh, a lot of great uh, kind of like little cameos. Uh, lots of actors, familiar actors. Uh, Jerry O'Connell shows up in one. And uh, hey, speaking of Leland Palmer, uh, Ray Wise himself shows up in okay. in one of these. So um, it's a great little series. Like I said, very, very uh, tentatively connected. Uh, again, I, I don't even know if it was the same people producing them all, but they're they're all kind of thrown under under the umbrella of infomercials. So they're on HBO Max. Uh, just just look up uh, Adult Swim infomercials. You'll find them. It's a, a, a weird, wild uh, romp and uh, lots of lots of very stupid comedy. Um, but sometimes that's the best kind of comedy. So, and uh, I think that's uh, I think that's it. I think we've we've I'm, I'm wrapping it up. I don't think I've ever I don't know if I've ever wrapped this show up wow. before. I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh my god, I'm yeah. sweating over brought here. Brought it to a uh, to ask if anybody's going to sing us out. Do I start to sing? Okay. Uh, if you, I, if you, gonna... You're welcome to if you want. I mean, all right, we're going to go out uh, with a with a fan favorite. Thank you for being a friend, 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 fri
That's why I'm going to do the theme from Hamburger the Motion Picture, Hamburgers for America by Blue Miller. Of almost any corner of almost every town in every lovely highway you'll ever travel down you're gonna find a burger shop americana mom and pop how long there ain't no telling that they've been out there selling hamburgers for america for the weekend of april 28th zachary recommended adult swim infomercials available on hbo max and the golden girls available on hulu Paul recommended Hamburger, the motion picture, available on YouTube, and Fosse Verdon, available on Hulu. I recommended Hemlock Grove, available on Hoopla, and The Arbors, available on Amazon Prime, Tubi, Paramount Plus, and Fubo. Bill recommended The Ass Fix, available on Canopy, and The Creeping Flesh, available on Amazon Prime and the Roku channel. By, by the way, I, I, I've looked it up for, for people who don't like to, uh, who, who don't know how to use search engines. If you want to find Bill's book, I'm going to give you the direct URL that you can go buy it. Just go to HTTPS uh, colon backslash backslash www.amazon.com slash ROM dash Bill dash Mulligan backslash DP backslash B0C1J3PQ64 backslash. That'll get you right there. Yeah. I hope that helps you, Bill. That is, that is so intuitive. I hope that gets you a couple, oh, a couple yeah, of extra yeah. sales. Right, yeah. yeah. For, for the Rain Man audience out there that can actually remember what you say. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh.